There is no reliable evidence about who the authors actually were. It is pretty much agreed that they were not eyewitnesses. In fact, the Gospels were probably written 40 to 100 years after Jesus' death. Jennings here is simply echoing another popular myth. Some of the theologians of the Jesus Seminar have suggested that writers pretending to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John took a historical person, Jesus of Nazareth, and invented a genealogy and added historical references as time went by, thus attempting to improve the authenticity of their story. There is no evidence that the early manuscripts of the Bible were altered by scribes to seem more credible or authentic as time went by. In fact, there's proof that little of the New Testament has been altered. If we look at early copies of the New Testament books, we find that there are some differences between variant manuscripts, but these are mainly misspellings and scribal errors in copying small words, prepositions, and numbers. Most modern translations make note of these differences in the form of footnotes. In fact, you could take all the variant readings of the most reliable New Testament manuscripts and fit them all on one page. There is no major Christian doctrine that would be affected or changed by these small differences. Even with minor textual variations in the older manuscripts, Christians can still view Scripture as inerrant and inspired of God. What of the charge that historical references and stories surrounding Jesus' life were later added on? The fact is that the Jews recorded exact historical references, the best of all the ancient historians, because they believed that God was trying to teach them something through history. In keeping with this tradition, the writers of the Gospels sought to record accurate historical events surrounding the life of their Messiah. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1, we see that Jesus was born in the days when Quirinius was governor of Syria and when Caesar Augustus was emperor. In Luke 3, verse 1, we're given the exact year of the beginning of Jesus' ministry. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip the tetrarch of Iturea, and the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene. These were the rulers of the surrounding countries of Judea in the first century. These are all true persons and places that may be corroborated in other recorded histories. And what of the charge that the Gospel accounts were written many years after Christ? The higher critics face a huge problem here with credibility. In dating the New Testament to the second century rather than the first, they must ignore the fact that there were a number of late first century and early second century writers who quoted extensively from the New Testament. The Christians of that era already thought of what we know today as the New Testament as being authoritative as being Scripture. We've already seen that Christian writers named Clement, the Bishop of Rome, the writer of the Epistle of Barnabas, and Polycarp wrote about Jesus in the first century. 
there are other documents as well. The Didache, a late first century catechism, quotes extensively from the New Testament. Ignatius, the Bishop of Antioch, quotes from 16 New Testament books. Irenaeus makes 1,819 references to New Testament scriptures. Tertullian quotes from the New Testament 7,258 times. The problem for the higher critics and those searching for their historical Jesus is that these church leaders were writing in the first and second centuries. Since they quote from the New Testament books extensively, we can know that the church in many areas of the Roman Empire had access to all of the New Testament scriptures. So the Gospels must have been written sometime in the first century, during the time of the Apostles. The simple, easily proven, and irrefutable fact is that almost the entire New Testament could be reproduced from references or citations contained in the works of the early church fathers alone. In fact, prior to the Council of Nicaea, which convened in 325 AD, the church fathers had cumulatively cited New Testament scriptures over 32,000 times. William Foxwell Albright one of the world's foremost biblical archaeologists said, in my opinion, every book in the New Testament was written by a baptized Jew between the 40s and 80s of the first century, very probably sometime between AD 50 to 75. One of the reasons why the liberals try to get the New Testament documents, especially the Gospels, out of the first century and into the uh, very late in the first century, after, long after the uh, events had occurred, or even into the second century, is that they realized that if you have eyewitness testimony, if you have proof that these documents were produced in the first half of the first century when eyewitnesses still knew Jesus and the apostles, then uh, the evangelicals have a strong case. What the liberals have conveniently swept under the rug, though, is the fact that some of their own members, such as William Foxwell Albright, again, one of the greatest biblical scholars uh, of the uh, 20th century. He was taught at Johns Hopkins University. He was a world-renowned archaeologist, but he was a liberal. But none other an authority than William Foxwell Albright himself came out in the, as early as the 1950s, the 1960s, saying that there is, he could see no reason why all of the documents of the New Testament could not have been written before A.D. 45. In addition to uh, William Foxwell Albright, which goes back into the uh, 20th century, um, we have recently Bishop A.T. Robinson uh, also coming to the same conclusion. Uh, Bishop A.T. Robinson, again, being a liberal, the value of citing people like Albright and Robinson is that it has the force that lawyers call the highest degree of credibility, which they call admission against interest. Albright and Robinson, being liberals, were nevertheless honest enough to come out with something that is contrary to what some of their fellow liberals are saying about the dating of the documents of the New Testament. And Bishop A.T. Robinson, being a flaming liberal, he was best known for his 
book that uh, came out um, called Honest to God uh, back in the 60s or 70s, and I remember what an explosion it made about here's a bishop uh, saying he's honest to God and coming out with a liberal anti-evangelical view. Uh, of course, the reviewers were quick to pounce on that title and the reviews were called dishonest to God, but uh, anyway, the point is that he was trying to be honest, and in a sense he was when he came out with this book uh, on accepting Albright's view, basically, that uh, there is no reason why the documents of the New Testament could not have been written in the first century, contrary to what his fellow liberals are saying. So here you have two, not only a conservative like um, Dr. John Ludlam, who moved independently and without any persuasion, but just as the result of his own study, his own honest study of the original works that the German higher critics put out, he saw through them and moved from a liberal position to a conservative position. You have also liberals like William Foxwell Albright and John Robinson, not converting from liberalism to conservatism as a whole, but still admitting one of the conservative positions on the dating of the documents, and that is an admission against interest and therefore has the highest degree of credibility. In the 19th and 20th centuries, there have been several significant archaeological discoveries of Greek manuscripts of the New Testament that are hundreds of years older than the manuscripts available prior to modern times. There are now more than 5,300 Greek manuscripts of the New Testament and 24,000 manuscript portions available for study. In other words, there are more reliable New Testament manuscripts in the original Greek language available for direct translation into modern English today than ever before. Sir Frederick Kenyon, who was the director and principal librarian of the British Museum states, the last foundation for any doubt that the scriptures have come down to us substantially as they were written has now been removed. Both the authenticity and general integrity of the books in the New Testament may be regarded as finally established. Uh, what we have here is a book that has uh, over 20,000 ancient manuscripts, the historical manuscript evidence for the Bible is thousands of times, literally thousands of times greater than uh, the writings of Julius Caesar and the histories of Rome and Greece that were given to us. Whereas here we have thousands upon thousands of manuscripts and many of them, the copies go back the copies, not the original, the copies go back to within a hundred years of the event. So if you have uh, trouble believing the Bible's historicity and its accuracy, uh, you shouldn't even consider on just textual evidence, manuscript historical evidence, believing that uh, the wars of Julius Caesar really were anything but myth. It is very interesting that in the Gospels there are things that could have easily been brushed up, um, redacted away, edited out, that are left there uh, purposefully. Um, it, it, it tells us several things. First of all, it tells us 
just how strong the case for textual integrity is, that, uh, that there is not this airbrush job on the text. Difficulties do remain in the text. Secondly, it, it reminds us that the scriptures give us life and history and the testimony of men, warts and all. This is the real thing. Uh, one of the tests of an authentic manuscript is not that it is pristine, but that it shows fingerprints, life, life in this fallen world. The, the biblical text shows that. And yet at the same time, there is an astonishing level of consistency all through the record. The testimony is the same. The conclusions drawn are the same. The, uh, the, the witness to Christ's divinity remains the same all the way throughout. There's, there's not a difference of opinion among the apostles. Though they may use different language to describe different events, though they may conflate two events together uh, and describe them as side by side, and another apostle may, may separate them and describe them entirely separately, the conclusions are the same, the events are the same, the descriptions are the same, um, just like any eyewitness uh, to any event, just turn on the six o'clock news for instance, and you'll see that differences of perspective bring colorations and textures uh, that, that show distinctions. We have that in the Bible. And thank goodness we have that in the Bible because from a thousand different directions and from a thousand different voices, we have one testimony. Jesus Christ is Lord. And one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that in fact this one, Jesus, the light of the world, the Messiah come to save his people from their sins, he alone is Lord.